Does traveling? Okay, so I got it. Comfortable. Get comfy. Can you roll your R's? Yeah. Of course I can. Jesus. Of course I can. Incredible. The more I get really? to know you, Carrie, the more impressive I get every time. Really, every time. It's like, can what I love love? Next. What can she do? What can, can she? You, you know your... more, The question more is, what can she not do? Can you do that weird thing with your tongue where it's like three ripples? Oh, of course you can. I can't do that. I can only do the tube. Yeah, I can do the tube. My grandma, can you can you turn around like this? Oh, yeah, got it. Oh, people are <laughs> loving these mouth noises we're delivering. <laughs> Quinn, I think we made a mistake last episode. I think you were supposed to go first. It's too it's in late. the past. It's in the past. It's done. Happy Honolulu. <laughs> Happy Maka. How much Melikaliki Maka are you going to listen to when you're in Too Hawaii? Too much. It's going to be on st- constant crazy? I was thinking, you know, I, I like to be in New York around Christmas. Oh, it's the best. We're missing out on a lot of holiday things I like to do. We're not going to mm. get to do Diker Heights this year. We ran yeah. out of time on that. We're not going to get to go see the luminaries at Brookfield. There's a lot of little like free experiences that I really enjoy. Yeah. And we're not going to get to do them. And you know what? We live here. Say We're going to get to do them next, next year. year. But uh, I was like, you know what? I do remember that years ago, Matt and I were in Hawaii on Christmas. And they had a very, very entertaining parade. Because it was like so low budget. In the way that like they would bring a wagon by and people would be like advertising the Pilates class. Like doing, doing Pilates on the Great. on the bed of a truck I'm like, in I'm yeah, so it was just in. like so entertaining in a way that just like I had a smile on my face the whole time I was like this is my kind of parade like <laughs> especially coming from New York you don't want a big parade you want I want a, a small town parade and it was small a small town, town parade Ooh. so I looked it up and it was like yep they're doing it this year December 3rd and I was like what and then everything I looked up I started looking up all the holiday things Hawaii does like everything before the, the Island does you wouldn't believe it. Some of the, some of the Christmas stuff they do is the end of November. But you're like, are you doing this because it's like fuck you to all the people that aren't local? <laughs> Where you're like, let's do all the fun stuff before they get here. I feel like it's the opposite. They're doing it so because people are going to be home for the holidays and they want to do holiday stuff outside of. Listen, all I was anticipating is that there might be a few things on the weekend of, what is it, December uh, <laughs> 16th and 17th, the week before Christmas. There's nothing? And there's fucking nothing. Isn't that crazy? All the cool parades and stuff are like, already happened when um, we get there. Now, how much is Santa going to be a part of the Hawaii experience? Koa said to me this morning, I can't believe you're asking this. Do you believe in Santa? I don't think I do. That's what he said to me. Do you believe in Santa? I don't think I do. And you know how careful we are in this house. Oh, I do. I know. I know it. Well, I know it's a. It's a. It's a interesting. So I'm always like, some do, <laughs> and yet. So I was like so careful, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, Koa, I'm not sure what I believe. I do for sure believe in magic, and I do find it fun to believe in Santa, even if part of me doesn't, I still think it's fun to try. And he was like, huh, yeah, I don't know. And I was like, okay, have a good day at school. Don't talk about your thoughts out loud. He also, by the way, when I picked him up yesterday, he's had like, this kid, what they go through at this age, like the highest highs, the lowest lows, so much is going on. And I picked him up from school the other day and he told me, I asked Romaine to be my girlfriend today in the cafeteria, and she said yes. And I was like, so Romaine's your girlfriend? Or he said, so she's my boyfriend now. And then he paused and goes, uh, girlfriend. And I was like, um, what does that mean? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> well, good. Huh? I mean, great. Amazing. Good for you, man. Keep going. Keep going. I hope you don't break up. Yeah, we really... What we're trying to teach right now is consent because there's a lot of chasing and kissing happening uh, on the playground and at the school. And Koa is definitely a kissing bandit. 
And is he really? Yep. He's running around giving kisses. And I told one of the girls, I know all the girls he's doing it to, and they're friends of his. So I said to one of them the other day, I said, you know, if you don't want Koa to kiss you, you got to tell him. And she goes, I'm used to it by now. <laughs> it's like, oh, not that's great. not good. Not good optics. <laughs> it's really bad. Oh, no, it's starting young. It's that's starting really young. scary. They're all marrying each other. Like, they all have lots of wedding plans. Uh-huh, uh-huh, um, my nephews my <clears> nephews <throat> were talking. I was like, I'm going to marry. They were, like, talking about marrying, yeah. you know. I mean, and they don't know. And I had to be like, you know, if you're family with someone, we don't marry family. Because that's already, we're already, we're already family. To yeah. marry someone means you want them to join your family. Yeah. It's a gain. It's a plus. It's a gain. You don't, if someone's already a part of your family, we don't marry them. Yeah. I would say it's. <laughs> Gotten, Which I wish the royals yeah, followed that rule. Break it down. What'd you say? It's just gotten very complicated. I mean, there's a lot of. As it, have the teachers talked to you about it? I've talked to the teachers about it. I was talking to his teacher, and I was like, "Well, as you know, Cole's been very preoccupied about who will wed him." And she was like, <laughs> "Yes, I do know that's on his mind." And so we talked about it a little, not in a way. I, you know, it's mostly just like people. Well, it's can't fascination. Help but laugh. Yeah, you can't help but laugh, and it's it's very so far so good. It it always makes me mostly nervous because um. It is so, it's a breath away from the thing I'm most afraid of, which is the um, picking teams. Remember like on soccer fields where it's like you pick who's on your team first. Yeah. And whoever the kid is that's like last and didn't get picked and gets picked last and what that feels like. So, you know, feeling like you didn't get picked to marry somebody at this young age or that somebody said they want to marry you and then the next week they want to marry someone else and how that might feel. It's always just a little bit about who's my best friend, who's my second best friend. All that stuff is is starting. And it's – it is – delightful and cute on the one hand and it is like so uncomfortably close to feelings getting hurt on the other hand and I know it's coming and I know Ko is going to be a kid that not just gets his feelings hurt but definitely hurts feelings you know yeah. and that's always really hard and we're constantly having conversations about how to not hurt people I do wonder why they don't do a thing where you even on Top Chef, they do it, where it's like, <clears throat> you pick, then you pick, then you pick, and everyone knows who got picked last, and the world knows, because we watched it. And I don't know why, even if that's the game, why not have the people do it behind closed doors, and then you come out and announce the teams? Then nobody knows what order people got picked in. They just know what team they're on. Nobody gets picked last that way. That's smart. Well, what the fuck? Like, I really, can you tell I got picked last a lot? <laughs> Always, and they're like, carry sports? Absolutely not. No, not at all. Absolutely not. I mean, yeah. I, but I, what's nice about that though is I was like, this is not my path in life. <laughs> there was no delusion <laughs> very for me. Very clear, very clear. It was very clear that I was not athletically inclined and it did hurt. Like I remember going and auditioning for basketball and under no circumstance should I ever been anywhere close to the team. But I remember my disappointment was is that I got cut in the first cuts and I was like, oh, I just wanted to get past first cuts. First cuts, dang. That was it. That was yeah. it. But I like should not have been anywhere near that team. I guess I just get me don't out of there. like competitive things. Which is weird because you are competitive and I am too. I oh. am a competitive person. I think you are too. Am I wrong in that? No. uh yeah, I guess so, but like only when it's really fun, silly things. Yeah, that's how like I feel. A, I like to be competitive in like a, a scavenger hunt or with an escape room yeah. time or, yeah. um, but that's but that's a just, board game. But that's just it, competitive. That feels different than sports. Sports feels mean. No, I think you're wrong. It's just that I'm bad at it, right? I'm just, just a sore loser. But that's the thing is, is that's why you're competitive mm. is because you're bad at it. So you're like, I don't have the joy of that, but like. Okay, bowling or like I mean I'm I don't care about bowling, but like like pickleball. I'm terrible at pickleball. I love playing pickleball, but I'm really bad at it. I know what it is. Hmm. I think that it's that I like competitive things where it's anyone's game. But Quinn, sports, we, you can have you can win. Here's the thing with sports, we played no. Anomia and that is a cheat. That's anyone's game. Anyone's game. That's saying something fastest. You don't go and you and I have a skill, but you and I are improvisers. And is, you even said that now. You go, it's kind of cheating when you play this with improvisers because it's like all of our job is to like think well, fast and go. Sure, but there's my some dad, things that are more an even wait, playing field. I brought Anomia for my family. That's mean to do it to your well, parents. Here's the thing. I think that's mean. 
They're old. It takes them a long time to think um, of anything. Do you hear this? My mom might have trouble was thinking so of the word sad. keys or something. It was you can't so... then play a word game like that and be like, well, do I it fast. I love the game. Nice. I loved the game. And so I was playing with my family. I like bought it for my mom's birthday and we were like trying. And my dad so just cruel. like sat there and all of it made and me just watched it. It, it made, made me sad. sad. It you made can't me sad. Do that I, game with parents. Huge regret. Very huge regret mean. for that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we tried. <laughs> By the way, you're listening to Truly Darkly Creeply. I'm Quillen Paz. And I'm Carrie Epaba. I get to go first. You this get to time. go first. There's and nobody to thank, so knows? relax. Who knows what the order is these days? Who no knows? one knows. No one cares. No one cares. They just want two stories and we're gonna deliver. And we're gonna deliver. Here we go. This one got some info from Case Law, which was literally Case law or case law? It's case law, so it's like looking literally at the no. I know, but I like. But what I could think it's like a it's a case law. <laughs> oh, a delicious case law. A delicious case law, but it's not. It's a case. I know where I'm having law. dinner tonight, and I'm actually ordering a fried chicken sandwich that has a case law atop. Mm. So maybe I did say case law. Anyway, <laughs> the Sun, Fox Nine, CBS, Washington Post, and the Sun again. Wow, great job, guys. Let's talk about Amy Allwine. She is a 43-year-old. She runs her own dog training business and lives with her husband, Stephen, who she met at college. They went to a Christian college, and they were members of the United Church of God congregation, (laughs) according to news reports. Why did you say it with such strident tones? Because you figured these people are strident. You know what? I think I said it that way. Because it was all caps? Because it was all caps. <laughs> That's correct. I was Quinn like, reads wow. it. Quinn, people, some people focus on punctuation. Quinn reads fonts. <laughs> I'm a font reader. It's a font um, reader. It's like a palm reader, but different. <laughs> Steven isn't that old. He's mid, mid- midlife. Midlife. <laughs> yeah, I'm stand I stand by that. He's a church elder, though, and he, like, gives advice. And especially mm-hmm. married couples come in for counseling, and he's like, Pre-Canaan. I'm married to my wife. I'll give you some counseling. In fact, we adopted an infant. He's now of the age of nine. Mm-hmm. I hope he doesn't talk like this in these I meetings. Don't, I was not, no, he talks normal. But I kind of would love it if he did. It'd be weird, but I like it. I think he's normal-ish. Okay. So it's May. It's 2016, and hackers are on the dark web. I know we like went to another thing. We'll come back. Hackers are on the dark web and they're like, let's hack into this crazy thing called Besa Mafia. It is a website that says it's basically Albanian organized criminals that are willing to do beat people up or kill them for money. And you got to get like your Bitcoin and pay them, but they will do a murder. We're hackers. We're the good guys as some hackers are and so we want to get into this website and figure out what the fuck and they get in and they're like oh shit now we have the emails between the people trying to hire the killers where we know like all these names and maybe we can trace it let's get the fbi involved because this shit is bigger than us it is 282 hits 60 countries and this is in one year's time that they were ordered and paid for. And it, it spans. There's a 17-year-old from Canada who wants the person that they're like a love rival with murdered. And they're like, kill them, shoot them. There's all kinds of people from all walks of life hiring this these Albanian criminals to kill their enemies, mm-hmm. their loved ones that are not so loved, whatever you want to say. (laughs) But there is someone on there named Dog Day God who is trying to order a hit on Amy. Yes. We don't like to see that. And the person, Dog Day God, writes to the killers that Amy tore their family apart, says, Amy tore my family apart by sleeping with my husband and is stealing clients from my business. So presumably someone that also has a dog. I mean, they also have dog in their name. But it's like, it's a random name. Dog okay. Day God. Do you know a Dog Day God? No, I don't. <laughs> I know a Dog Day in which is a Day painting of a dog. They order this hit on Valentine's Day. Ooh. They say it should look like an accident. Duh. <laughs> 
Sorry, but <laughs> like I think the Albania mafia knows what they're doing. Um, clearly not because we're talking about it. So, so, the, so you know, FBI calls, you know, lets the police know, and they head on over to to um, Amy and uh, Stephen's house, and they're like, "Listen, somebody wants you dead, Amy." This is awkward. Got I mean, this is really awkward. They're like, we hate to tell you this. Can I? Can I? T- can I talk Valentine's to you for a second? Day, but can I talk to you for a sec? So. <laughs> They're like, what do you guys think? And they're like, what? Definitely not. No. And Stephen's like, I bet that they confused her with a different Amy. There's just no way. There's no way. But he's not like, whose husband did you steal? He definitely does not feel like Amy cheated on him or is out did there she? doing crazy stuff. No. She did not. Could you imagine like mixing up the wrong person for that? That I know. was such a and bummer. Stephen's like, I'm worried about your safety. Like, what should we do? So he goes out and gets um, a nine millimeter handgun and nothing materializes and months go by. And he's like, hmm, okay. And they're like, okay, great. Um, On November 13th, Stephen gets up and Amy's not feeling good. And he's like, don't worry. And he drops their son off at their parents' house, and then he goes and runs errands or goes home. I can't remember. And then he goes back and picks up the son at, like, 5 o'clock because she's still not feeling well, and he takes the son out to dinner. Oh, this is not And good. then they get home, and the 9-year-old son no. finds Amy no, 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 no. shot. <gasps> Stephen calls 911. It's, like, 7 that night, and you can hear the son crying in the background and the police show up, and Amy is on the floor in their bedroom, shot in the head. They're like, she. Sh-, and the first thing Stephen She's says dead? on the phone is, she shot herself. And they get there, and he's like, she shot herself. And that's his like first response. Oh, okay. And the police are like, yep, she shot herself. Did she? I mean, I think that. It looks confusing, the scene of the crime. And I'm like, wait, everyone just agrees she shot herself? Were any of you listening to my story, Stephen, that like a few months ago, the police were at your house and told you there was a hit ordered on your wife. Now she's dead and you call the police and you're right away like, she shot herself. Wouldn't you call and be like, someone killed my wife? My wife is dead? My wife is dead, sure. But she shot herself is what he says. And the police are looking at the scene and they're baffled by a few things. So they're like, you know what, Stephen? Trial. Trial for you because this seems like premeditated, first degree, moida. There's a moida. Yes. Okay. And the motive would be that he was a little bit of a double life character, which is to say he's an internet technology specialist. And he also, so he knows the internet very well. And remember, he's like counseling couples. And he's hearing in he's some of these counseling sessions about what their problem is. And that they're, some of these men, they're going on a site called Ashley Madison. And they're looking for an Ashley affair. Madison. And he's like, Ashley Madison. Great idea. So he's mm. like going, he's like, he's like a shark tank, but for affairs. He's like, all right, investors. All right, men, tell me what you. There's no physical evidence. So weird. There's very little physical evidence tying him to the crime. But, and his attorney says, it sounds like an amazing story, but it's not a TV show or a movie. It's real life. Just because he had an affair doesn't mean he killed his wife. Because he did have an affair. He had and two that affairs. that rhymed, by the way, what you just said. What? That rhymed. It did it? Because he said life with wife. Life, wife. I don't think he meant to be silly about it, but this is a murder trial. Nothing the to be church silly. that they attend, the United Church of God, <laughs> all caps. There, it's a very conservative church, and yeah. their views on marriage are: you stick with it, you fucking fix it. If you have a, a issue in your marriage, yeah. you get help and you fix it. Um, and when they say help, I don't think they mean Ashley Madison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. The thought is that he had these affairs, didn't feel like divorce was an option, and so went on Besa Mafia and was he like... He went on that site? Do... We don't know. This is what the... In oh, trial, this is what the prosecutors are alleging. They're saying that he's the one that ordered the hit initially. The prosecutors are alleging this is what happened. He had this affair. He doesn't feel like he can get divorced. He's done with Amy. 
And the way out of the marriage for him is that she has to die. So he goes on Besa Mafia, again, alleged by the prosecution. Right, 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 right. right. And here's the problem. So with, this is the premeditation. It's like months long. It's like Well, since, let me tell you wow. the problem with Besa Mafia. It ain't real, toots. <laughs> it's not like Albanian contract killers. It's a scam site. So... Because if someone takes God. your money for not and doesn't kill someone. And then someone, what do you do? Call the police? You can't. You're good, like, I gave honestly, this guy six. I was like, no scam. victims. I like, I'm, I like, love I'm all in favor of. And honestly, frankly. and then you can go, I can talk to the police and say somebody wants this. You could go, this could be huge. We, we, plenty. Plenty. We but doing? I don't even think the guy running this site needs to do that because people like um, Dog Day God will give you $6,000 in Bitcoin and say they're going to pay you more after she's dead, and then she doesn't die, you still have the $6,000. But we do know that Dog Day God was serious because they got Bitcoin, they paid it, they provided details of Amy's movements, and then the hit didn't happen. And you're like, okay. So there are all these suckers. The question is, was Stephen one of them? Mm -hmm. So search warrants for his computers and all his tablets whatever he has are like this guy knows about the dark web for sure he's been on there since 2014 and he has been searching things one thing that like jumped out at them in particular is he was trying to look at how to get scopolamine somewhere in the minneapolis area where they live and scopolamine is a nausea treatment drug that can incapacitate someone whoa now even though the police, when they walked in, were like, this guy says that his wife killed herself. When they look just even a little bit closer, they're like, huh. Seems like she died, according to the medical examiner, around 3 p.m. Now, remember, we don't know his whereabouts that day, but it seems like he was home. And then he went to pick his kid up at 5 and was a little late. And then they went to dinner and then they came home. Mm -hmm. um so was he out at three i guess he's probably gonna say he was but there's no gunpowder on her hands the gun is lying on the wrong side of her body she's right-handed and it's by her left hand you know where there is gunpowder on him on steven's hands not great oh also, the way the gun entered, the bullet entered her head, you know that the gun was not pressed up against her head. And if you were going to kill yourself with a gun, you would just hold it against your temple. You're not going to hold it like a foot away. This is wild to me because the way you're telling the story, I'm like, oh my God, Stephen, poor Stephen. Now, like, Stephen did it. Well, and then they have security footage of the property that only really shows him entering and exiting the home, nobody else. There is bloody footprints between the kitchen and the bedroom that it doesn't seem like it could have happened after the police arrived. It seems like it was a before. There also was some of the blood was cleaned up. Like, they can tell. So, like, this is... <laughs> Guess what else the medical examiner finds? I'm really worried. Scopolamine in, in her, her system. system. Yeah. Oh, no. And she was si Oh, no. Yeah. Remember I told you that the son finds her. That's that's to me. So is, he, if, he, if he did if this, if he did this, he let his son find. That's fucking disgusting. Why? Why? Why not just go in ahead of him? I think that's the part that weirdly bothers me almost most of all. Because he thinks. Because he's hoping that that will get him out. That, that there's if he finds it. But I'm like, it doesn't matter who. Like, I'm, let's go back to the nine one one call. Oh God, you're gonna freak all right so remember they said like you can hear the son crying in the background and he's like my wife's been shot he calls and he says i think i think my wife shot herself there's blood all over and the nine-year-old in the background is like why did she do it and he's like i don't know bud and then he goes are you going to remarry and he goes <laughs> i don't know bud on the 911 call Listen, like we laughs. don't love. Listen, we don't love. Don't like know, in, we don't love. Oh I mean, it's it is. I don't know. I, I'm like wondering <laughs> if it was like a. I don't know. Like was it like? Like is it that? Well, when people oh, called attention to this, he's like, I'm just trying to like keep calm. Lighten the mood. Yeah, and, and 
And the way that he like behaves. I know we don't like to talk we about don't it. We don't. Listen, everybody agrees. It's a hard thing. But... I know we don't like to talk about it, but he behaves so weird. So I mean, he's weird. just so, so mellow. Weird. Like he's really calm when they come to the house and he's like making this call. Like he's one of the things to do on his to-do list. It's just bizarre. Stephen is found guilty. He is sentenced to life. Okay. Okay. I'm convinced. You're convinced? Oh, I, I don't remember which prison he ends up at, but in one of the articles, they're like, he is awaiting his transfer to the St. Cloud prison. And I was like, that is it's a the perfect prison for you. Though. That was really meant to be, Stephen. Yeah. Um, he tries to say, okay, so obviously there's all these, there's so much digital evidence. Mm-hmm. There's tons of digital evidence, not a ton of forensic, but tons of digital evidence. And he tries to say, this is a high-tech framing. Like, I'm a tech guy, and somebody planted this stuff, and I think I know even who did it, and I think it was somebody she was working with. And he's saying all this from prison, and he's, you know, trying to get appeals and all this. But Mark Lanterman, who is a computer forensic expert that was part of the prosecution's mm-hmm. case, he analyzed all the uh, technology and he was like, I've never seen this much evidence. He said, this was probably the most compelling case I've ever worked on in the last 30 years. It's my understanding Mr. Allwine is an IT guy by profession, and we all have egos. And I think Mr. Allwine thought he was smarter than everyone else. And fortunately for justice, that he wasn't. wasn't true. <laughs> he fucking wasn't. Yeah. So let me give you just some of the forensic evidence. I mean, the the computer. I mean, we computer have some evidence. of it. Okay, oh so let God. me let me like lay it out for you just because it's it will just make you feel good that this person's in jail. Um, okay, I like so that. while Dog Day God was talking to Basa Mafia on February fourteenth, twenty sixteen, on Valentine's Day, Stephen Allwine was at home on his MacBook Pro looking for Bitcoin for the first time in his life. The next day, Jesus. he was looking up Amy's itinerary for a dog training convention that was going to be in Illinois, and he was mapping out the distance between there and Chicago. And then two minutes later, Dog Day God told Besa Mafia, the target will be traveling out of town to Moline about a three-hour drive from Chicago. What is the price in Bitcoin for a hit and ideally making it look like an accident? Question mark. On March 6th, Dog Day God sent a picture of Amy um, while they were on vacation in Hawaii, incidentally, to Besa Mafia seconds after Stephen had downloaded that picture on his computer. Basa Mafia is like, okay, here's what you do, Dog Day God. Here's how to buy Bitcoin. Then report it stolen so that no one can ever track that you were the person that bought the Bitcoin. And so he buys Bitcoin and then he calls the police and reports it stolen. Like that happened. He said it was part of a scam. Meanwhile, the Bitcoin that he bought has a unique number. Like, Everybody all with the traced. Bitcoin is yeah. like, it's traceable. I don't know why people think, okay, so it's a 35 character code that you get when you buy a Bitcoin that's like, that's your wallet. And who received it? So he copies that code into his notes. Like they can see him copy it, put it in his notes, <laughs> put it somewhere else, send it to Basa Mafia, that code, then go back and delete the note, but it, it goes to the cloud and goes to his new iPhone later. Three months after that, Amy's killed. After all that Bitcoin shenanigans. And Mark Lantern, Mark Lanterman says he did it and he's having a hard time accepting the responsibility. He's a coward. Not just Holy a killer, shit. but a coward. Well, also and like the ego. I think the ego is the most like <sighs> chilling where it's like, you just did it. Just fucking admit it. Just admit it. There's this woman, Eileen Ormsby, who investigates the dark web and was looking into all the hits because here's the story that like you need to remember. Remember where we started? 282 hits. This is one of the stories. Do you know what I mean? Like this is a story right. of what happened when somebody ordered a hit on this fake site. So Everyone's paying a little more attention to those hits, especially after this case, because it's kind of like, could we have saved her? Like, why, when the police saw that there was a hit order on her, like, we could have tracked it with Steven. 
then. And then we could have protected her from him. Yeah. And it just, it's it's a lot. It's 282. I get it. And we don't know if it, like if it is like some 17-year-old like just being crazy. Yeah. But like this, these are all people with an intent to have someone they know die. It's so serious. And it's so, I again, like I said in the beginning, it's like a slight once, I'll say it before. I can't, like the the act of even like searching for that, like that that to me is intention or as an accomplice or is accessory. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter what happens. Like the fact is, is anyone who is attempting a murder for hire should be convicted of attempting a murder for hire. Like that's yes. a crime in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we tracing those people? Um, even if it's a 17 year old, that is a consequence that you should live with. The information that I'm about to talk about with these hits was actually from The Sun, and it was an article by Allison Maloney, and it focuses on this dark web expert, Eileen Ormsby, is a piece of this puzzle where she's looking into all these all these other murders for hire that yeah. happened and who's behind the site. And she's making a movie with Yinka Bokini and they're looking at murder for hire sites. It's it they make like a two-part documentary on this. Yeah. I did not see the documentary, but I did read this article on it and it was fascinating because they're basically looking at who's behind the website. They're looking at who ordered these hits and all this other information comes to light, which is very disturbing they're they're looking at the other people that did this and in the documentary they reveal like one guy named Bo Brigham who was the son of um a Hollywood restaurateur and he tried to get his stepmom killed after his dad died because he wanted, wanted all the, the money to yeah. go to him and he goes to jail for just three years because again he didn't kill her he tried to order a hit though and there's a nurse that gets sentenced to 12 years trying to get her um oh, lover's wife oh killed no. yeah there's a soldier that put out um a hit on his pregnant girlfriend oh god there's a woman yeah, these people should be in jail these people should be mm-hmm. tried for their crimes that is that they they should yeah mm-hmm. and there's a woman that there's like this guy gabe scott i guess they interview that his ex-wife who he has kids with put out a hit on him and he's just like I'm their dad. Like, this is really upsetting. I mean, in so many ways. But he was talking about, like, he lives life to its fullest now because it's so weird to think that somebody was, like, trying to kill him. So they end up talking to the guy that runs this site, which, again, I can't stress this enough. It's a scam site. There's no Albanian killers behind it. So they're talking about talking to this guy behind it and – Eileen says, we were chatting daily for a time when he was trying to get me to take down all my articles, asking me to please tell the world that his site was real because he was losing money. (laughs) (laughs) And then he starts threatening her. And he's like, I'm going to send operatives to beat you up and rape you. But he doesn't. Oh, okay. But he, You've lost all. But like, he's like, I was he like, doesn't root, have any operatives. I feel he's like just this guy. Banks, like, we were all rooting for you. Like, just make money from these fucking wannabe criminals. Like, do that. I'm actually interested, more interested in that story. So he's like being crazy and trying to be like, I'm going to get you. And then she's like, but I know that it's just him. So even though it's kind of scary, it is just him. And then she, they're like, well, what happened? And she's like, well, in the end, he offered me a job. He wanted me to make his website look more professional. <laughs> I don't think she took the job. Spoiler well, alert. Well, if your boss, if the person who's offering you a job is also threatening to rape you, I, you know, I'm going to pass. I'm actually yeah. going to pass. If she's like, okay, but only if you only do. Only scouts honor. The sexual harassment training. Yeah. We do need like, well, if it's New York we State. We need an HR department. If it's you're, New York you're State. You're pretty out of control with, if it's um, New York I'm mad State, at you, I'm going to get you raped. Yeah. It's yeah. actually mandatory. The sexual harassment. really, they don't cover that because that is, is a little bit on the nose. So... That is the story of Amy Allwine, who, from all reports, was a good Christian woman that loved dogs and her child and was murdered by her husband, Stephen. I'm so glad he got who caught. truly seems her like a monster. Babies, her poor kid. Her, and her kid walked I just I can't. I that can't to me is just that. like a cruel, a cruelty that like doesn't need to happen. I should have deep dove this more because I actually don't know who he ended up with, but I'm also just so glad it wasn't Stephen. You know that like that kid gets to be raised yeah. by somebody that yeah. might 
I don't know, value him. I know, but like that, oh, like what a selfish turd burger that fucking Steven is. Horrible, horrible, horrible. You're taking your kid's mom away from them. It's so sad. Fuck you. It's so sad. Fuck you to like the the core. And I love that that guy, Lanter, I forget his name already, Lanterhausen, uh, I don't know his name. Yeah. The tech guy was so cool that he was like, he just like had Steven's number. You know what I mean? The fact that he's like, that feeling. oh, this guy's like thinks he's fucking smarter than everybody because he understands tech. There is something like really, have you've been in those situations where you've got someone's number and they have everyone fooled and you're mm-hmm. like, I know you. Yeah. I know you in my core being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know a couple people like that. It's yeah. like, yeah, but it, it also is like such a, yeah. it's such a fruitless endeavor because you're like, but nobody's going to believe me <laughs> because you're, you know really, I mean? you're really good at what you do. The good thing is Stephen stories... wasn't really good at what he did no. because he looked all the, all the cops, Quinn, everybody who talked to that guy was like, well, he rubs me the wrong way. Quinn, truly like our stories are so in sync. Really? Yes. Last week's we both were Swedish babies, Swedish meatballs. This week. We're both coward criminals. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I got this information from, and this is going to spoil the title. It's, it's, I got it from a show, Worst Roommate Ever on the Netflix. Have Wor- you s- what is it? Worst Roommate Ever. It's a series on Netflix. In <sighs> fact, previously, Dorothea Puentes. We watched her, Worst Roommate Ever. Oh, it's a series, so they're all different? They're all different. I was going to say, you've already done Dorothea, like, twice on each podcast. <laughs> I was Curious, like, call, I was more worried. I was so a... worried about your mental health in that moment. I was like, if Carrie forgot that she did Dorothea <laughs> on this podcast and on Crime of a Lifetime, do I tell her or do we just do it a third time? I don't know. And then we should put all of them back to back and see <laughs> who wore it best. Who wore best. <laughs> okay, so I got this worst roommate ever, ABC7, Oxygen, Newsweek, Screen Rant, and Radio Times. I'm talking about Maribel Ramos. Maribel Ramos. She is 36 years old. She's a veteran. She served in Iraq. And she's incredible. Like, truly an incredible person. She actually enlisted before 9-11. So, like, in 2000. And then 9-11 happened and she was like off to war. She served in Iraq. She did two tours. She served for eight years. And at that time, after eight years, she was like, do I do I re-enlist? Do I go back in? Um, but she said, you know what? I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to California, be with my family, and I'm going to go to school. And she actually wanted to um, go to school for criminal justice. She wanted to get her bachelor's in criminal justice. So she was honorably discharged from the military um, in 2008. And just like a little bit about her, her family, like it's listen, it's not going to end up well for Maribel in this story. Mm -hmm. But I just want to point out and say her family, like she was beloved by her family. They say that she was so compassionate and she was someone who was like generous. She gave everyone so much of her. She would grow up. She was a tomboy. And so after she leaves the military, she moves to Orange, California to be with her mom. She has an apartment there and her and her mom live together. And Orange is like a cute little safe town. There's Mm -hmm. not really any serious crime there. And she transfers to Cal State Fullerton where she's getting her bachelor's in criminal justice. So clearly like she just wants to give back. She seems like a really amazing, incredible person. So she's living in Orange with her mom and then her mom gets sick and she dies. And so here Maribel is and she's in this apartment and now she has an empty room and she needs someone to help pay rent and so she contacts her sister Lucero who we'll call Lucy um she's like can you move in with me and her sister's like listen I'm not looking to move it's just not the right time for me I don't I don't need to live. but however if you can't find someone else to live in that apartment if like it's dire straits then I will maybe do this but until then like try to find someone else so Maribel gets on our favorite website, www.craigslist.com. Okay, okay. And, you know, I Don't just... Go there. I just went to my friend's apartment, and it's gorgeous, and she found on Craigslist. <gasps> it's so hard because you can also sometimes get, like, a good couch. I found my first it's apartment really in hard. New York. I found my first apartment in New York on Craigslist, and it was a great deal. Like... Listen, I I don't know if I'd meet a Craigslist roommate. My Craigslist story is that there was a man that listed a gorgeous couch and a bunch of chairs for $1, clearly just trying to unload them 
I hired a man with a van and went with my friend Mikey to go pick up the couches that was like a 40-minute drive. We got there. He was like really nice. He showed us his whole house and his yard and his couches and then was like, do you also want these? You can have these, a couple other pieces of furniture. And he's like, I'll throw them in. And I was like, yes. And then he was like, okay, $600 for it all. And I was like, what? And then he's like, yeah, 600 And I was like, you listed it for a dollar. And he's like, a dollar? What are you, crazy? I was just trying to get it at the top of the list. If you list it as a dollar, it pops up on more search results. And I was like, but you never said in the comment part. Like, there was no Did information. You Did you I left. Good but I you. had to pay for the man with the van. And then I think the man with the van watched the whole thing go down. And he was like, that was some shady shit. I'm glad you had me with you. And he was like freaked out and then he didn't charge me <laughs> oh yeah that was really nice and i was like whoa it was was good i was like here with two dudes you know totally but also that's my experience well the reviews are in craigslist not good you're gonna <laughs> shut down immediately wait till these yelp reviews come out <laughs> from carrie and quinn wait till it's really dark like we're gonna disband craigslist fuck you guys so maribel hits up craigslist and she's looking for a roommate and this guy casey joy he replies, he's an older guy. He's really quiet. He has a little dog. She has a dog. And he bills himself. He's like, listen, I'm a nice older guy. I'm applying for a job nearby. Can I come and take a look? And when he comes and see this place, like if you're looking for a roommate on Craigslist, right, you're probably going to get like a lot of young people who maybe are in college, who are loud partiers, you know, you you kind of don't know what you're going to get. But this older guy comes around and you're like, okay, like you have your life together. You're not going to be out at all hours of the evening. Like you're going to be respectful. I have a dog. You have a dog. Like this could be a good situation. He's not married. He doesn't have any kids. He just lives a quiet life. Um, and being older was a selling point. So they were like, okay. Maribel was like, okay, come on. And her sister was with her when he was overseeing the apartment. You know, she's smart. She's not by herself when a stranger's coming over. Mm -hmm. Um, And at this point, she's like focused on work and school. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't want someone young who's partying. Mm -hmm. And at this point in the documentary or in the episode, her sister says, you know, our mom always used to say, be careful of the quiet ones. Hmm. So he moves in and over the next couple of months, it's that like feeling of like getting started, getting like, you know, your bearings. And her sister is talking about how when he was around, they could just like feel his loneliness. Mm. Like he just was, he didn't have any friends. He didn't have any family nearby. Like he just was alone. And they like, you know, when someone's constantly at the apartment, honestly, that to me is not a selling point. I want someone who's out of the apartment, which is why I'm not going asking for a roommate. But it's like... They just could feel it. So Maribel, again, she has like a lot of family close by. And I think too, it's like her mom was living with her. I think she just like wanted to ingratiate him into her family. And so she'd be like, we're going to a family party. Do you want to come? And slowly he became like a part of the group. He became part of the family. And then they became friends. So like they'd go to the dog park together with their dogs. Or if she was at the grocery store, she'd be like, do you need anything? You know, they be just mm-hmm. became like yeah. a little system in the house. Um, And so it's 2012 and um, Casey calls Maribel's sister, Lucy. She gets this call from Casey who has been to all these family parties, these family events. So she knows him. And he's like, listen, Maribel has said that she wants to get married and she wants to have kids. And I think I'm that guy for her. I'm like in love with your sister. And like, I, I, I want to take this to the next level. And her sister says to him, like, hey, like, that's really nice, but I it's not you. Yeah. It's not you. Like, I, I you know, of course she's lovable. I love her too. But, like, I just don't think that's not you cards for you. It's not you. And he's like, I'm in love with her. And she's like, okay, thank you. Um, I need to move out immediately. But, like, that's not, that's not what's happening. So Lucy calls Maribel and she's like, hey. Casey just called me and said he's in love with you. I think you got to talk to him about it. Because, like, if that's the case, like, he probably shouldn't live there. Live there. And, like, he's older. Like, that's not. I keep saying older. What's the. I don't know what the age difference is. She's 36. I think he's got to be, like, late 40s. But he, like, he reads older. (laughs) It's unclear his age. All right. It's unclear his age. You know what? I wouldn't be into him. I'll tell you that much. He just kind of looks like a 
dopey guy, you know? Mm-hmm. So Lucy's like, hey, you should probably have a talk with him. So Maribel calls Lucy and is like, listen, I spoke to him. I told him he's not my type. He's just a friend. It's just a crush. He just has a crush on me. And it's fine. It's going to be fine. Like, we can still be friends. It's all good. This is where it gets weird, where Maribel will say things like, Casey, I think you look good with a tattoo. And so, like, Casey comes back with, like, a bangle tiger tattoo. Or, like, Lucy comes over later and is like, you're dressing a little bit differently, <laughs> Casey. Like, he would wear different things. He would, like, go out more, like, sort of live outwardly, more youthful. And then one day, Lucy comes over and he has bandages all over his face. And he's like, yeah, I just had to get some stuff done. And apparently he spent over $10,000 in plastic surgery <gasps> at this point. That doesn't sound like that much money. I gasped because of the plastic surgery. If the plastic surgery is more dollars. Sounds like you could barely get anything the before done. And after, sounds like you get like your earlobe shorter. Frankly, the before and after wasn't that impressive. So yeah. I don't think, but it's like he's clearly like getting a tattoo, dressing differently, going out more. Like yeah. clearly we're escalating into like some desperate actions. Um, and Maribel is not changing her tune. She doesn't want a relationship with him. So it's April 2013 and he doesn't pay rent. And at that point, she's like, okay, that's like the whole situation. We're friends, but like you're a roommate, you got to pay rent. And if you can't pay rent, you got to leave. And then the two of them get in a fight. It is April 21st, 2013, and Maribel calls 911. She says, she's like, listen, hi, 911. I just spoke with my roommate and he freaked me out. Um, they have this recording of the 911 call. And she's like, he's going to be out by the end of the month. But he freaked me out and I don't feel safe. He's going to be gone by the end. He, she, kept me, she keeps me like, he's going to be gone by the end of the month, which is like she's where trying to end it. But she's like, down too. she's like calling 911 and being like, if something happens to him, please know. To me. I'm just, no. If to something him. happens to him, just know I'm trying to defend myself. Oh. Is what she says in oh this moment. Oh my God. She's like, I'm not comfortable with him. Like he looked like he could hurt me. He's never looked like at me like that before um and from now until the end of the month i'm just gonna keep my door locked later it is claimed that during this time when she was sleeping she would sleep with a machete to protect herself after this call obviously they send an officer to her house to file a report but she didn't she she does not make a proper report on this um the officer is like are you gonna be okay and she's like Yes, he's going to move out at the end of the month, so I'm okay with that. Um, And then 11 days later, on May 2nd, 2013, she and Casey get in a fight because he's not gone. He's supposed to be gone by by the end of April. It is May 2nd. He's not gone. And he's giving all these excuses about why he can't leave. He has nowhere else to go, all of his stuff. So she calls her friend Paul, and Paul's on speakerphone. And Paul says to Casey, hey, if you don't move your – if your stuff isn't gone by tomorrow, then I'm going to come over, and I'm going to move it for you. And then that's the last call on Maribel's phone. And then we see Maribel on camera a little after, like, 8.30 that night on May 2nd going and depositing her rent check at mm-hmm. the landlord's mailbox. So that's the last time we see her on camera. I wish she just stayed with her family till he was gone. And I think her her family knew, but like this nine one one call, I don't think her fan her family did not know about this. Yeah, I know. It's that I just... feeling of like I think it's that feeling of like I got it. It's all okay. I'm gonna take care of it. I don't want to worry anyone. When it's like you wish she just got out of the house, but also it's her house. And I think she felt, you know, she was in the military. I think she felt very capable. You're right. Okay. Compared to him. I think she did, like, in that call, she's going, if something happens to him, I want you to know it was self-defense. Oh, my God. So she's not worried about, like. She's, like, which states, instead of if something happens to me, it's sort of, like, if something were to happen, I could defend myself. She doesn't trust, like, she doesn't trust him, but she's, like, not scared of him. Mm It is May 3rd, 2013, and... It's Friday morning and Casey texts Lucy, Maribel's sister, and is like, hey, like Maribel didn't come home last night and I'm really worried about her. And Lucy is like knowing what's going on. And so Lucy writes back, like thinking that he's just like looking about looking for her whereabouts, like where Maribel is. And Lucy writes back, it's none of your business where my sister is. You know what I mean? Like he's reaching out to her sister and she's like, get the fuck away. You don't need to know where she is. And so then Lucy reaches out to her sister. She doesn't hear anything back. Yeah. 
that night there is like a family softball game where she plays like all of her cousins and her cousin's wife or something calls Lucy and is like, hey, like Maribel didn't show up for softball, which was weird again. Like her not showing up is weird. So the whole family's like, we're actually going to go to her house and check on her. So the whole family goes to her house to check on her. Her car is in the garage. Her light is on. No one's coming to the door. They call the police. The police come to do a wellness check. Nobody's answering the door. They break down the door. No one is there. There's no evidence of anything like bad happening. The only thing that was weird is that her bed is not made, which is rare, which is not common, according to her sister. She's like, my sister's bed is always made. The fact that it was muss and fussy, this is weird. Um, and her sister, like, what we know <laughs> while this is happening is like the police are there. Her family is there. Like her friends are there. Like what's going on? Her sister walks in. So Casey's not there. What we know later is that he is in his car watching the scene of the crime, watching the scene of all these people, the police there, and binoculars. He gets out of a car. He comes to the house. Lucy, Maribel's sister, like, tries to look at him, you know, like, check in, mm-hmm. completely ignores her. Yeah. And at that point, she's like, something's fucking weird here. Mm-hmm. He goes right to the police. It becomes a media frenzy. This is a very safe town. In fact, Casey Joy is on video being like, she's my best friend. She's like my family. I want her to come home. (sighs) So they're checking ex-boyfriends, friends, everyone in Maribel's life. Like, where is she? They don't Mm -hmm. have any evidence of where she is. There's no, like, sign of struggle. Her car is there. But it's just weird. So they're interviewing everyone. And everyone has alibis. That are pretty airtight, and there's no suspicious, there's no suspicious people. Until, yes, there is. Well, until <laughs> and then they interview. I'm like guys, I know who you should talk to. <laughs> yeah, I wish I'd been there, Carrie. <laughs> I'm also like, we know who it is. There's no teasing this out. Okay, we're continuing. So they interview him like early in the morning that night. So they're like looking for her on the third, very early in the morning on the fourth. They bring in Casey for an interview for questioning. And he tells the police that she's his best friend. And they're like, well, where were you after this fight you had the night before? And he's like, I went for a drive. And they're like, where? He's like, I went for a drive. Now, and then when he gets home, he doesn't see her again. And what's interesting in these in these interviews is he spent most of his life. What is interesting is that he is of Asian descent, mm-hmm. but he has grown up in the United States. You know, yeah. he's since he was a kid, his English is very good. What's interesting is that when this investigation started, he was being interviewed, he would start to use broken English. Oh, weird. And his accent was thicker. And so in answering the questions, which is a very interesting thing, because he's he's obviously not telling the truth, but by feigning not understanding the language, he's able to like Skirt the truth. Skirt the like, truth. Like, what were you doing? It's almost like, well, I don't understand what you're asking me. Or like, I, yes. c- I could answer what I was doing. Yes. Not at the time of the crime, yes. but it's because we're not understanding each yes. other. Yes, so he's acting super confused. And, and like, typically he doesn't speak with an accent. But in these interviews, there's like a thick accent in broken English. Um, and so his family is like, this, or his like her family is like, what the fuck is going on? Like, that's not who this guy was. And then they notice he has a bunch of fresh scratches on him. And so they look at his hands and they're like, what are these from? And he's like, fishing lines. And like, but wait, what? And he lists this like part of a park that he was at. And when they go and check out the park, there are thorns everywhere. And they don't know if he got like lucky or he knew that. May 5th, the family is so distraught and they open up a Facebook account um, and they are hoping to use it for public attention. They're passing out flyers everywhere. But what's interesting is on these messaging boards, Casey is posting on them and he's referring to her in the past tense. Mm-hmm. And people are calling him on it, being like, what do you mean she knew? Like, what do you mean, past tense? Mm-hmm. Then it's May 13th. There is a, she's, there's still no sign of her. There's a candlelight vigil. And Casey goes there, but he's like off in the distance, not with the family, just like watching. Mm-hmm. On May 15th, there was this dinner at school that Lucy was invited to by Maribel. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I'm going to go to this dinner. Maybe my sister will show up. You know, I think you're just like trying to make sense of anything and being like, okay, maybe if I go to this dinner, it's fine. So she goes to, she stops by Maribel's house and Casey is there. Lucy looks at Casey and is like, you know, if my sister is not at this dinner, I think someone might've killed her. Looks like right at him Mm -hmm. and says it. 
Now, the police at this point, their main suspect is Casey. There's no other question, but he has an alibi they can't prove. He has scratches that they can justify. Like, there's nothing they can really get him on. So they decide that they're going to tail him 24-7. And they start looking into him. Because, like, if he did this, he's going to make a mistake. He's going to get found out. So they start looking at what his past was. So they find out that he left Tennessee before he moved in with Maribel because everything went to shit. He was super isolated. He, his mom, his parents died. He no longer speaks to his sister. And when they called his sister, she was like, he has a bad temper. And she was so afraid of him that she got a restraining order against him. And his sister says that he's a monster. While they're surveilling him, they're tracking him to the library. And at the library, you can rent a laptop for free. And in doing so, they're able to track his activity from outside. So they're able to track this like anonymous computer that Mm -hmm. he thinks he's getting away with. Right, right, right. And they're able to track all his activity. So like he goes on Facebook. He's like posting. They see all this activity. He then starts to search like, does his cell phone have to be on to track it? How long does it take a human body to decay? And while all of this freaked them out, all of this could be explained away as someone who was curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. May yeah, 16th, I get it. it's not prosecu- the prosecution. They can't. They're like building a case. They're like, we have to get this guy, but this is not. This is not going to send him to jail. Mm-hmm. May sixteenth, Lucy goes to pray at Maribel's house, just hoping her sister will will turn up. And Casey is there, but like doesn't join. Frankly, he shouldn't. Um, around this time, Maribel's other sister planned an awareness walk uh, at Peter's Canyon, and so Casey stumbles upon this flyer online, and he then they see him do this. They see him type out a an address in Google Map. And then he zooms out and then he goes to a satellite view and then he zooms in on like a tree in another part of a remote cannon. And then right after that, he deletes his history, his browser history. The police are watching this. He is being surveilled at this moment. They call like the head detective on it and he was like, I didn't have to tell anyone anything. Police were already on their way Mm -hmm. to this tree. Totally. Well, well, that conversation would be so dumb. Do you think we should go to it? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe it's something. <laughs> but it's like at that point, like all hands on deck. We're yeah, going yeah. To like, here's a weird tree. Let's fucking go. They go to a tree and they begin their search. And within a half an hour, 45 minutes, they find the body of Maribel right around where he zoomed in. Mm-hmm. The news, because people are tr- following this case and are looking for Maribel, the news reveals that a body was discovered and and they think that he was watching it because while they're surveilling him, they see him jump out the window. They run, they detain him, and they're able to arrest him. And as he's arrested, he says, you better have some good evidence. And I'm not sure if he said that in broken English, but the sentiment is the Well, they did have some fucking good evidence. And what's interesting is he never took any responsibility he'll mm-hmm. he still claims that he's innocent they believe that he smothered her but what's what's challenging or what was challenging about the case is because her body had decayed so much there was no way to know what the cause of death was mm-hmm. so he claimed that she you know was paranoid or that she may have been suicidal or maybe she died from a medical condition and then he panicked and disposed of her body that's how he was able to know where she was mm-hmm. he was charged with her murder and he was obviously found guilty yeah unfortunately he was only sentenced to 15 years in prison and he is eligible for parole in 2023 and he's looking for a roommate on and craigslist he's writing a book shut up because he he's saying he's innocent i really hate him i hate him but he thinks he's one of those people that thinks he's smarter than everybody else and they were like he was smart like he went to the library i mean he went to the library, rented a laptop. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that they were able to see exactly what he was doing. They were already on to him. They were already on to him. Oh, my God. That's such a sad story. How stupid. And how crazy that she really let this guy into her life and was, like, really yeah, letting him be a part of all these things. And, it like, it just, like, wasn't enough. It, 
No, they were like, it was, they used the phrase, like, if he couldn't have her, then no one could. But I yeah. don't, I don't know if it was necessarily that. I don't know if it's that. a true love as much as it just is like. I think he was obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. And I think his life was crumbling. She was the only connection he had to that world, you know? Like, he, as mm-hmm. soon as he stopped paying rent, she was like, sorry, man. Like, I know we're friends, but you're out. Mm-hmm. I wonder what and he did she for just a like, living. I'm Let's just see. curious. Let's see. Should I read his response to the Craigslist ad? Yes. Okay, here it is. I am a Korean, single, professional male. I am looking for a small apartment or private room with kitchen use, and your place sounds perfect. I have a 10-pound dog, Yorkie, and I am a social drinker, non-smoker, straight, and I like to keep things clean. I am easygoing and get along with most people. And then he killed her. It's so scary. That's a really sad story. You did a great job telling it. Quinn, thank you. You're welcome. Um, <sighs> do so you want to do something nice? Like make, do you want to make cookies? <laughs> <laughs> let's make cookies. Let's right. do it. Let's, yeah, let's mind erase, mind erase, mind erase. Cookies. <laughs> Which, but I feel here. like our stories were so interestingly tied. Because monsters be monstering. I hate them all. Um, we will not be meeting for like three, two weeks. Three years. Three years. <laughs> three to five is the sentence. Wait, is this our last episode before the new year, before 2024 for us? Yeah. <gasps> oh my God, wait. Well, we'll talk New Year's resolution next week. Yeah. Oh in February, when the episode's coming out in, in February, February, March. That's fine. They'd Pe- love we're to delayed. Hear it. It's fine. It's fine. People love to hear it. People <laughs> love People love that. Do you people guys love that? that? Which, by the way, I Either think way, I'm, how I it goes. think it's all signs point to go, by the way. I think I'm going to be on tour with a serial killer store oh show. Oh, God, stop. From like middle February to middle March. That's so amazing. Isn't that fun? The best. Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be good. That's so great. It'll be good. All right, on that note, we'll see you later. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, join Patreon. Goodbye. Bye.